double, triple, doubles. Everybody has a plan and a culture until they get double, triple, doubled in the mouth. Also, Chris Paul available. I'll see who can say Lakers quickest. Dalvin Cook available. I'll see who can say Cowboys quickest. And the Cincinnati Reds demand your attention. Who's here trying to start a riot? Let's go. Ain't it fun, L? I love being a paramour, friend. Bob Ryan, you covered the sport of basketball for a couple days, almost a week now. 52 years. You've never seen teammates with 30-point triple-doubles before in an NBA Finals game. You haven't because it's never happened before. Nuggets 109, Heat 94 on the back of a historic night from Jokic and Murray. Here's the debate. Did the Nuggets just respond in a way that makes you think they have the finals all under control around the horde to you, Bob Ryan? Clearly, they are feeling very good about themselves after watching that. But I'll say this. It's nothing that shocked anybody that those two guys had big games. The, sh the numbers caught our attention, and they got into the history books. That's fine. It doesn't matter. I mean, that, that's irrelevant. It's just that they played very well. What I thought was important about the game were two things, two people, because you still need more than those two guys. You got one guy that's, oh, hey, finally, and you got another guy, you go, what was that? The guy, finally guy, of course, was Aaron Gordon, who played a nice all-around game and whose defense is instrumental for this team and rebounding when, when Jokic is on, on, off the floor. And the other was Christian Brown. Wow. Now, he's not going to go seven for eight every night. I don't think so. I would, I would, you know, I think I can go out and say that. But that, those were the two things that put them over the top last night, the, addition, the help from the auxiliary sources. Okay. But did you just kind of ho-hum 30-point triple-doubles from teammates in an NBA Finals game? I, I recognize you, you said it was history, but did you just ho-hum it? Are you not as impressed? What I mean is, mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, the fact that they set records, is that's nice. That's, that's, a, that's icing on the cake. The point is they played the kind of game they're both capable of to the max. However, the numbers finally came out. Okay. Oh, gee, what if it had been 29-19-8? Okay. and eight? Would that have No, but I just seeming a ho and a hum from... Our Basketball Hall of Famer here, L. Duncan, on what you saw last night from Denver. Yeah, um, so at one point when it was like 82 to 63, I looked at my husband and I was like, well, it's anybody's game now. And so I understand that the Heat have been the most resilient team. <laughs> and you want to believe that they're like Michael Myers, right? That like no matter how fast you sprint, he's going to slow creep and be right behind you. But the reason that Miami wasn't able to cut the Nuggets throat yesterday was because the Nuggets had a counter for absolutely everything that Miami was doing. They dominated down low. They out-rebounded them by 25. They outscored them in the paint by 20. We wondered who would be that third answer for them outside of Jokic and Murray, and we've discovered what Brown can do for you. 15 points. They were fantastic <laughs> defensively. We saw so many lapses. In fact, in games one and two, 60% of Miami's threes were open looks. Last night, only 26%. The reason that I have confidence the Nuggets can do this is because they did all that. They won huge, and guys, they had five three-pointers. The lowest three-point total for a winner in an NBA final game in over a decade. They're doing this, and they still aren't even wow. in their full That's back. a great stat. Control. That is an incredible stat about the lack of three-pointers it took to win this game by, by the margin they did. But still, I'm not Hallelujah. sensing... I hear you, Bob. I'm still not sensing the, the historic nature that you saw from Jokic and Murray. Harry Lyles Jr., to you. 
I think the incredible thing about this game last night is this was the best game that the Nuggets have put together during the finals so far, and we still haven't seen them put together a complete game yet. And that one was a pretty easy-looking one for them last night. Obviously, Jokic, his numbers, we all saw the graphic of the stat line, 40 minutes, 30 points, 20 rebounds, 10 assists. Very nice and neat, very beautiful. beautiful. To me, <laughs> the Murray line was really impressive and important for two reasons. One, we saw the energy from the Nuggets solve that issue and Mike Malone and the 17 clips, all that stuff. That was great. However, the one thing that the Miami Heat focused on in game two was stopping Jamal Murray. And the Nuggets came out and said, we're going to get him the basketball. We are going to get him shots. And it worked, and they had no answer for it. And I think the concerning thing to move this forward a little bit for the Miami Heat is you were the low-energy team last night, and you're supposed to be the high-energy team. That is what you do. So I do think that is a big concern for Miami. Denver's definitely in control, in my opinion. Last show we were on, I believe Frank said that Denver laid an egg in the last game. They didn't lay an egg. They lost that game by three points, and it was the first game they'd lost in the playoffs at home. The series was still very tight as far as I'm concerned. It just happened to be one game that they dropped. And so for Miami to go on their home floor and, as El pointed out, get rebounded, out-rebounded by 25, to me, that is a clear indication that record-setting aside, the Nuggets are hitting on all cylinders, and that's really tough to stop overall. You'd think Tyler Hero's got to find a way to get back in in this series because they need something from the outside. They need anything to counter every single thing that the Nuggets have put forward because they don't have any. All right, Bob, I hear you uh, cooing in the back there and crowing in the back there. A team won an NBA Finals game with five three-pointers. Go ahead. Take a victory lap. <laughs> yeah, but that's not why I want to talk. I okay. want to say this. The, the, answering your original question, these numbers are artificial barriers. There, there was a time when, when you had double figures and, and points, assists, and rebounds. No one had a name for it until a Laker publicist named Bruce Jolish coined the phrase triple-double to commemorate his star, <laughs> Magic Johnson. And now we have excel, expanded that, okay? That's the answer. That's the answer? Okay, all right. Uh, Harry, I'll give you the last word after the horn. Yeah, Bob, my only counterpoint to that is it sounds cool as hell. Yeah. It does sound good. <laughs> El, you want to add? It took a garbage time rebound from Murray for him to get it. All right, everybody. It was at the end of the game. All right, so you're not counting yes. that as a triple-double then Thank for you. Murray? All right, I, I know where you guys stand. Maybe, maybe uh, when we get to showdown here, I'll talk about garbage time points for some panelists. We'll move on. The news from Phoenix <laughs> that Chris Paul is going to be traded or waived. Here's a host note. Kind of hard to trade a guy if you tell people he's just about to be waived. Clinton, should Phoenix be moving on from Paul? And is he a still a difference maker in the league? The way that the contract situation works out, there's not a huge advantage for either the franchise or the team to go, so it's more of a personal decision. But we can talk all day about whether or not Chris Paul has the ability to still be a game changer. My question is whether or not he can do it when it counts in terms of when he's available. When the playoffs happen, Chris Paul isn't there. If you think you're a Chris Paul away from winning a title, oftentimes Chris Paul thinks he's a Chris Paul away from winning a title because we just don't see him at these later stages of the season. So I think it's in the best interest of the player and the team Team to stay where they are because they've got the closest chance to be playing important basketball when it comes time to Bob Ryan. Would we be having this discussion at all if he weren't making what he's going to make next year if he sticks around, uh, which is you know more than he's worth now? He was once worth that. He's not worth this now. And also, be, if we wouldn't be having it if they didn't have an acute need to strengthen their bench because their depth is an issue. Uh, he can still play and he's, he can help people. I mean, we'll be seeing him somewhere next year. I don't know, but I'm just saying these are uh, it, 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 it's it's very 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 extenuating circumstances why we're even having this discussion. El Duncan. 
I just can't believe that the Suns would waive him, eat his $16 million contract, and watch him play for L.A. or someone else. That just seems completely nonsensical to me. I think it would behoove both sides to just work out an agreement because Chris Paul can absolutely use Jason Kidd as his guide during the Mavs title run where he was putting up career lows in scoring and assists, but it was still enough to get over the hump. I think Chris Paul can absolutely contribute, but his best bet is staying there in the desert. Arlo's Jr. Yeah, there's only the two options, the one that L just mentioned, or a trade, and it doesn't seem like you've got any leverage in a trade now because everybody knows you might waive him, right? And he is a going to be 38 years old next year. He was still good this year. I think he averaged about 31 minutes, 8.9 assists, so it's not like he can't play anymore with the Clinton's point. He hasn't been healthy. His issue has been staying healthy. So maybe you limit his minutes. And I think that there is value in his veteran leadership. You know, we all kind of joked about LeBron and that picture of him mentoring Austin Reeves. And Austin Reeves looks confused. And by the time the Western Conference Finals came around, he was one of their most confident players. And they needed him. So if Chris Paul can be that for role players that you are going to absolutely have to bring in in order to compete next year, I think there's value in keeping him. Now we shock the world with some possible destinations. Clinton Yates, any destination of mine for Chris Paul? One place I'd like to see a guy of his respect and career go to is Memphis to get things together with a young man who needs that. Oh, the man who said Los Angeles, with Los Angeles in the background. I thought clearly this was going to that place. You, you did a nice little pivot there. Bob Ryan? Uh, in a lot of places, of course, including my own town, but I think... Uh, I don't, I don't know. Off the top of my head, one more piece of a, of a puzzle would help Sacramento. I know they got the young guy, Fox, but, but this, this could really be a good balancing uh, adjunct to their team. L. Duncan, a destination for Chris Paul? Everyone keeps saying L.A. so that LeBron can complete the banana Yes, everybody does card, keep saying go that. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go with the Celtics because I think if you're talking about someone that's a Chris Paul piece away, it could be a Celtics team that were a couple of wins away from a title without having a real playmaker, a real floor general on the floor for them, despite Jason Tatum, who's getting better at passing. He's not. And Chris Harry Lyles Jr. I think the Lakers is the obvious choice, but I also like the Celtics for the reasons that we have said this team for the past two years hasn't been able to get over the hump. They're still a younger team, even though they've accomplished a ton. They need somebody that can teach them how to win. I think that Chris Paul can help them with that, even though he's still trying to win his own time. You consider me shocked. Accept my apology. Mea culpa. I thought everybody was going to say the Lakers here. And then... David Stern would come down from high and stop the trade and say, this is basketball reason. Yates 11, Lyles Jr. 14, Duncan 13, Ryan 12. Buy or sell next. Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. NFL news of the day, and it is sizable. The Minnesota Vikings releasing Dalvin Cook. He was on the trade market. And here's a host's note. It's hard to trade somebody when people know they could just wait for you to cut them. And now he is available, I guess, for anybody. Clinton Yates, should Minnesota be moving on from Cook? And is he still a difference maker in this league? I think he is. I'm never going to understand in today's NFL with player turnover being what it is, getting rid of people that are good and productive just because you think they might drop off. That does not make sense to me for an offense that otherwise probably could use a weapon as good as Cook. Minnesota saves $6 million here, commits to Alex Madison at the running back position. Harry Lyles Jr., buy or sell? I'm buying this. I actually do think this makes sense. So their GM, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, he's a numbers guy, not even just football. He has economics degrees from both Stanford and Princeton. Mm-hmm. Like pretty is that good, good? Right? yeah. But <laughs> his, his EPA per rush and his rushing yards over expectation are the second lowest in the NFL, only to Leonard Fournette. The Vikings went 13 and four last year. Their point differential was minus three. We talked almost every single week this show. I'm like, are they actually any good? They don't feel like they are. So they are playing for 2024, 2025, and beyond. They don't feel like he fits into that, so that's why he's gone. L. Duncan, buy or sell? Imagine how frustrated you have to be if you're Dalvin Cook. You face all these questions about durability. You finally consistently stay on the field. You're one of the best contributors that the Vikings have ever had in franchise history at that position. And then you've got... Very handsome young men like Harry Lyles throwing wins above (laughs) expectation garbage in your face. This makes no sense to me. I think that this is an organization that feels a lot of bravado after getting rid of Stephon Diggs and saying thank you, Justin Jefferson, for making us look smart. And they're moving on from a guy who's produced. He's the only running back in the NFL that's had at least 1,100 rushing yards over the last four years. I don't find this to be particularly smart, but then again, it's the Vikings. Bob Ryan. Dalvin Cook could play for me anytime. Let me tell you this. Listen, there there are fans in Minnesota now who will someday be telling their grandchildren that you won't believe this, kids, but there was a time when the rules didn't require you to throw the ball on every down, that you actually handed the (laughs) ball to a guy and and, and put the ball in his stomach, and he would run forward with the ball, and it it was not illegal. This is another diss of a running back, number one. And so they want to turn it over to Alexander Madison. Fine, he averaged 3.8 yards a carry last year. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, I mean, okay. this just this, this another – I hate this. You know, I, 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 fine, I appreciate your passion on it. Anyone want to shock me with a name of a team that could be interested in the services of, of Cook? Clint Yates to you. The Vikings. We just okay. went over this. I think they should keep this game. <laughs> Maybe the best answer I've heard. Harry Lyles Jr., the Dolphins. He's got the Florida State connection with Jalen Ramsey, but he's going to have to take a pay. Oh, Duncan? Yeah, I was going to go with Miami as well. They've already got a lot of running backs, but Mike McDaniel loves using running backs. We saw that in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Bob Ryan. 
I'll have what he's having. Or him. Uh, you're in the Brady Brunch situation right now, Bob. You get that reference, but you're pointing the wrong way. I don't even know who you're talking Miami or okay, we'll we'll make it. We'll make it that. We'll move on. Game three tonight. It's been Vegas 12, Florida 4 through two games, so I don't need to say any more. Harry Lyles Jr., what must the Panthers do to turn this around, beat Vegas, resist going down 0-3? Tony, I gave you the advanced analytics on the last answer. You're not getting them on this one. They need to score more, okay? Like, this is a team that snuck into the postseason, and one of the reasons that anybody even gave them a chance against the Boston Bruins was because they were scoring more than anybody else. They're getting outscored 12-4. to so far in this series and for teams that go down 3-0 the team that is leading is 27 and 1 so if they lose tonight it's a wrap I think at best it's a five game series anyway. Oh Duncan? Let me guess Harry also they should score more than the other team and this team yeah. should score less than them is that the yeah okay um I actually think they've got to keep their composure. The Panthers are the most penalized team in hockey, and it's biting them in the you-know-what. They've got 24 penalties, 110 penalty minutes because of it, and they've allowed the Vegas uh, to convert on 4 of 11 with the man advantage. you got to keep your composure, and that's Bob Ryan. Uh, many years ago, Les Paul and Mary Ford had a song called The World is Waiting for the Sunrise. And this is what the uh, Panthers are doing. They're waiting to get back to Sunrise, Florida, where they're more comfortable. You know, and, and they got to be tough tonight. Wow, Bob. They Still have got to it. be. They, but they have to come out strong and, 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 and stop acting like kids who have just had the bullies take their lunch money away. And, and, and you know, I know that they've been in the penalty box. they got to have smart, aggressive hits. Clint Yates. That's all. The layoff between the conference finals and the final was affected nobody more than Bobrovsky. And here's one simple thing I think he should do. Stand up in the net a little bit more, goalie. Every shot is going over your pads. Oh, now, now we're doing this? We're looking at Whoa. body mechanics and we're, we're giving very nicely done. Stand up. Good. One more story here. Atlanta 7, Mets 5. Another clutch win for Atlanta. <laughs> and another head-scratching loss for New York. And it was feisty. Charlie Morton up and in to Pete Alonso. Knocked him out of the game. X-rays negative, so good news for New York there. This came after Alonzo the day before homered and enjoyed it and said, throw that pitch again at Atlanta pitching. After the game last night, Morton went to the Mets side, apologized to Alonzo, said he didn't mean to do it, and Alonzo believed it. Here's the full quote there. L, buy or sell this. This was not intentional, okay? The retaliation was uh, later in that game when the Braves put up five more runs and then subtweeted at him, which is how people get retaliation nowadays on social media. This is exactly how you're supposed to pitch Pete Alonso up and in. It's the same thing that they say when Ronald Acuna Jr. stays getting hit. Bob Ryan? If this happened next Friday, nine days after the fact, we wouldn't even blink. We wouldn't say anything. Say it's baseball. That's all. I mean, and, and I like the reaction of Alonso. Yates? Yeah, garden variety chirping. I like this a lot from Pete, from all the other guys. I'd like to give everybody credit, too, for actually explaining themselves in public that they talk to the other people like grown adults instead of just throwing balls at each other's heads and chirping from the Very loud. Good stuff. Yeah, Tony, this this is a non-issue. Now, if Brian McCann was behind the plate, then this might be something else. But this is absolutely not that. Both sides <laughs> said that they were fine. I'm going this to This is a new-look Atlanta franchise, isn't it, Harry? What, what are they doing? Uh, uh, giving away chains later in the, this month? Yeah, they're having a Ronald Acuna promotion. They're <laughs> handing out chains against all odds. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's not your father's. We back. Atlanta baseball team, Lyles, Bob Ryan. Great stuff today, but not great enough. Yates, Duncan, showdown next.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Aces Sun, a game of the night tonight. Tuesday, Vegas got the win. It was tight late. But that win got them to 7-0. Clinton Yates, how important is this undefeated start to the season for the defending champs, and how far do you think they could take it? You know, regardless of Jeff Van Gundy's wishes, I do think an undefeated season would be a fun story, but a little bit unattainable. You got to try to win the title. I think the most recent goal should be trying to break the Houston Comets' regular season winning percentage record in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. L. Duncan. No. They just want to be the first team in 20 years to repeat as WNBA champs, right? Like, that is the goal. And honestly, their two big acquisitions in Candace Parker and Alicia Clark haven't even factored into this undefeated run. Who's going to stop one them? One of those very little trophies. <laughs> yeah, right. Look, the single-season uh, win mark, important. And, and Clint, you told us the Houston Comets are the record holders there. Elle, you know the last team in, in the league to repeat as champion since you brought up that stat? Um, I don't know it off the top of my okay. head, but All right. 20 years ago, Sparks. LA Sparks. Sparks. Oh, no, you missed it. You, you missed it. You're losing the point. We'll move on. Ellie De La Cruz, Revolution, giving the Cincinnati Reds the most exciting week in baseball. First career home run went 458 feet nearly out of the park. Also goes first to third faster than anybody. Today in the afternoon game, Cincinnati lost, but he got a single, which means he's hit for the cycle in his first three games. And then uh, Reds are winning some exciting games. Last night, Willie Benson walked it off with a Cadillac factory. Hell, is it too soon or just about the right time to believe in the LA De La Cruz revolution and these Reds? Ah, uh, choo-choo, I'm on that wagon. So tough. The guy's intangibles read like a scout profile porn. He's a six foot five switch hitting shortstop that's got the combo of power and speed. Probably better than anyone already in MLB, and he's 21 years old. Tremendous player, and the Reds have been something to watch for a while now. I'll name them to you. Hunter Green, tremendous off the mound. Jonathan India can play well as well. Will Benson from ATL. The time is now to get excited about the Reds. And Joe Burrow was hitting homers before the game. What a dude. I saw saw Joe Burrow. He hit four, I think, which is the second most I've heard of a quarterback taking BP this offseason. Matt Barkley was the one who hit five in Toronto. FaceTime, Glenn Yates. I want to give a shout-out to my man, Kara Jackson. Mizzou hired him as their head baseball coach. And fun fact, he is the first black head baseball coach in the SEC. The ACC have had zero. The Big Ten has had one. The Pac-10 has had one. And the Big 12 has had one. Think about that. It's 2023, and this is where we are with things. Great job, KJ. Clint Yates win number 116. We're on a 23-and-a-half-hour break. We'll see you tomorrow around the horn.